Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Jordan Hoffman, and tonight's guests, Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and Rob Riggle. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Jordan Hoffman. I'm a uh, film critic, and I'm very famous on the internet. And uh, if you haven't seen 21 Jump Street, uh, when I first heard about this movie about well, a year ago, I heard, ah, oh, they're remaking 21 Jump Street. And I went, oh, great. They're remaking another TV show. That's fantastic. And then I saw it a few... You're so negative. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. There's a point to the story. Then I saw it a while ago, and I haven't been able to shut up about it since because it's really, really, really funny. It's really terrific. And three of the reasons why it's so good are sitting right here. Uh, Christopher Miller, one of the two filmmakers. Hi. Phil Lord, the other of the two filmmakers. And Rob Riggle, who plays the bad guy, I guess, right? I mean... Uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, <laughs> easy. Um, you know, good and bad is a relative term. You know, we, who, who is to say what? So, um, I have a couple of questions. So, uh, just kind of curious how you two guys got involved in this project is was something that you were had a lust and a passion for the TV show your whole <laughs> life lust and after just <laughs> felt that this is the way you were going to express yourself by remaking an old cop show as a comedy. Uh, well, I mean, it, 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 uh, we did our previous film, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and it was a family movie, and uh, we thought, uh, what if we do the exact opposite for the next film? <laughs> Uh, and it certainly was not an incoming call. We had a lot of people to convince before um, anyone let us do this. Um, and like 15 meetings later, we finally sat down with Jonah and, uh, and he was gracious enough to pick us. Uh, but we did watch the show a lot as kids. <laughs> Chris was just enjoying everything. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so true, so true. Well, uh, well, correct we, me if I'm wrong, it yeah. did, this project kind of started with Jonah Hill, the lead actor, and who also co-wrote it, and one of the 72 producers, who, um, <laughs> you know, had a project that he wanted to do, and he, t was it that he went into Columbia well, Pictures I mean, and the, said, what the can we... The full story of it was that they had uh, done, tried to do a, a dramatic version of the movie, um, and it wasn't working great, and so they approached Jonah, and, and he, uh, and his buddy Michael Bacall, who's a very talented writer who wrote Scott Pilgrim, uh, and Project X that just came out. Um, he, they decided they wanted to do a crazy, hard R, bad boys meets a John Hughes movie type uh, action comedy. And so they started working on a story and then Michael wrote a draft of the script. Um, and when we were looking for what we were gonna do our next thing, uh, we read the script and thought it was hysterical. Um, and then it came aboard then. But we both watched the show growing up and loved it. Um, so we, even though the tone of the movie is very, very, very different from the original show, it, it still has a lot of references and nods to the original show for fans. And then when it came time to round out the cast, set at a high school, gym teacher, only one choice, obviously, correct? Uh. <laughs> Rob, do you want to talk about how you came on board the film and uh, your maybe experiences with gym teachers in the past? That uh... Sure, why not? I, um, I, was, uh, I was lucky. They called me early on and asked me to do some table reads. So I did a couple table reads, and uh, so I got to see the script in its early form, and I thought it was good, and I enjoyed it. And it was definitely a fun table read, both of the ones that I were, was involved with. 
And then uh, I started asking questions because I liked the character. I started asking around. I was like, uh, have, they, have they picked a Walters yet? Because uh, I'd like to get in on this if I could. And uh, they said, uh, yeah, I guess you can audition if you want. And so, wow. so I, I went That's in. That's pretty uncool of us. <laughs> so I went in and auditioned. And, uh, and they said, great. Uh, come back and do it again. So I came back and did it again. And uh, uh, I I'm a terrible audition. I'm bad. So I, the first time I auditioned on the last audition, I was really stiff because I was nervous. So Jonah finally just said, man, just throw the script away. So we threw it down and then we started improvising in the room and it worked out. It was, we all started laughing and having a good time and I think that's probably what helped me get the part. Yeah, I mean, those guys couldn't keep a straight face you know, uh, uh, in front of Rob, and we couldn't either, and it was just so obvious at that point. Well, well it's really cool because Jonah, we know, has done a lot of comedies, and Rob, of course, you know, turn on TV in the middle of the night and you're on some channel at some point, which is a compliment, by the way. That came out 100% wrong, but I meant it as that as an extreme compliment. Um, so, uh, but the other really funny piece of this puzzle is Channing Tatum, who I don't think has done comedy before, not intentional comedy, and uh, he, he uh, is terrific in this, and I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about drawing that out of him, and a little bit about his character as well, and Rob, if you have any, you know, all three of you can jump in. It turns out he's totally a natural at it. Uh, you know, we were talking about the role of Jenko with Jonah early on, going like, you know, it's kind of like a Channing Tatum type. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then Jonah was like, let's just, let's just go after Channing. And so Jonah called him, uh, and it turned out they were both uh, fans of each other. They didn't really know each other, but they both admired each other. And uh, I don't know if you saw Guide to Recognizing Your Saints. Uh, you probably did as a film critic, I guess. It's your job. Uh, but uh, he has, does a really wonderful performance, has really real and natural in that movie and uh, I like him in Step Up I think he's awesome <laughs> in that movie and he seems so normal as a dude palling around with other dudes I feel like that you know you got the sense that that was him and I think probably we were just kind of chicken shit to take a chance on somebody who hadn't been in a comedy I think we were you know yeah. we were just nervous yeah. so and, we and he knows he, he knows his way around a bit just as a comedian just I, I know you can tell when someone knows how to play and improvise he he knows exactly what he's doing. I was I, this is the first time I ever met him was on this movie and we had a blast. We were we were hanging out offset as well as on yeah. set. So what I love about that though is those two guys, their unbridled joy <laughs> at arresting somebody and how much it felt like it was something they had done together. And that's what I like about Channing in this movie is he bonds with Jonah and brings that part out of Jonah, that brotherhood. That, and that was something that probably wouldn't have happened if we had cast somebody else. Uh, what, one other thing that I really dig about the movie is that it's, it's a little tongue-in-cheek. Uh, there are references to the television show that existed prior. There's a, uh, a couple of moments where you kind of break the fourth wall. There's some jokes with things that you expect to explode that aren't exploding, and then something does, it doesn't. They just didn't explode <laughs> on the day. <laughs> it was unintentional. That's all right, okay. Well, I was curious, I mean, how, how, how much because you want to wink to the fourth wall, but you don't want to go too far. How much, when you're editing this, when you're working on this, do you know how far do you want to go? Because if you do something that's completely postmodern, to use an annoying word, then you've become that kind of film, you know? So where's the line? Well, I felt, we felt like it was important to um, let the audience know that we knew that they knew that doing a remake of a TV show was, you know, something that has been done a lot of times. But we didn't want to 
turn it into a spoof movie or something that didn't feel like it was based uh, in real observation or wasn't really grounded. Um, so we tried to do some stuff near the beginning to let everybody know, it's okay, it's okay, guys. Just enjoy the show. Um, and then, then, we, then the other stuff that we were doing was more playing with the conventions of cop movies because there have also been a lot of the buddy cop movies through the years. And I think if you have a, a more or less grounded emotional story, then you can be a little more flexible with the other stuff because people will follow that. We really like to have both the crazy fourth wall things and the grounded things that feel like what real people would say. <laughs> and and uh, maybe if there's a line, you find it out when you test the movie. Because mm. some stuff people just, if it doesn't work, they'll just sit there and stare back at you. Okay. Uh, and there are a lot of action scenes, so there's no other, there are some moments that are legitimately, holy shit, they're on the freeway, they're shooting, this is an action movie. And Rob, you have a big ending that's chasing and shooting. And had you ever done anything? I'm trying to think if I've seen you, um, other than your actual work training as a Marine, did you ever? Uh... Other, other than the Marines where there were real bullets. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Killers. In Killers, I had a big fight scene with Ashton Kutcher, and we beat the hell out of each other. And I want it to look real, Riggle. OK, <laughs> as he slams me into walls and beats the living hell out of me. Um, but it was good, it was good. And, the, and we shot a lot of guns there too, so there you go. Did, did you feel like you felt like, well, I have to be funny, but I have to sell this as this is real action? Were you worried at all about that or just let the character? I kind of, I just let the character take me where it needed to go. Uh, I, I, I just tried to stay in character. He was an obnoxious douche for the most part. And I just let that be my guiding light. <laughs> Uh, there's something I really want to ask you about, but it's a bit of a spoiler about, I don't know, is this, is this if we say spoiler alert, if you want to put fingers in your ears? Yeah. Plug your ears, guys, if you don't want to hear the it, big spoiler. It's about, uh, it's about what happens to him. I'm asking, where's the, hey, we get the thing with the falls off the thing, right? That's all right. He, he, Let's use code words. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, why don't we Something point happened to my junk. <laughs> Show us on the doll what happens to your junk. <laughs> exactly. So... There's a, there's a scene in the, in the movie that blows the roof off the audience, and it involves the private... Rob Riggle's little, junk. Little, little Riggle has an accident. And uh, what I just found out five minutes ago is Big that Riggle. was not, not in the script, right? I'm so sorry, well, Rob. The, <laughs> the first part of it was in the script, but then it goes to places that you would not expect. And, and uh, Chris and Phil are awesome directors, and they allow a set... They make a very comfortable set. It allows you to improvise and feel comfortable improvising and safe to improvise. So as we were doing the scene that was on the page, we were having fun and we were playing and we heightened and we kept heightening <laughs> and we said things that led to other things. And the next thing you know, I have my junk shot off. <laughs> there it is, spoiler alert. And then there are things that happen after that, which I won't tell you, that are electric and are going to redefine cinema. <laughs> so go check it out, my friends. You don't want to miss this. So in, in, if you have some questions in a few minutes, we'll kick it out to the audience. You can raise your hand in a moment. And our friend uh, Matt, who does like he's doing 15 things back there, he'll bring a microphone over. But I want to, so you're playing the coach in this. I mean, did you, uh, were you back in high school? It seemed to be a... 
physically fit individual? Were you involved in the uh, in the uh, track and, and all that Not stuff really. back then? No, uh, no, I, I was. Yeah, I, I had a I had an interesting high school experience. My first couple of years, I was uh, I was a late bloomer. I was prepubescent, so everybody blossomed around me and grew, and and I was I hid in the bathroom a lot to to avoid getting beat up. And then puberty hit with a like a thunderstorm, and I all of a sudden I was big, I could play sports, and I, was, I did drama, and I was on the radio and television station, and my, my second half of my high school was awesome. I, was, I, I had the best time with the second half. The first half sucked. But it made you appreciate the second half more. It absolutely did, it absolutely did. Uh, are there any questions from the, uh, from the audience for anyone? Always the bravest one, sir, you're the bravest yeah, one. The first one in. Um, so what was the shift for uh, you two coming over from animation uh, to directing a live action feature? Uh, how did that change your workflow? Well, computers do uh, whatever you tell them to, <laughs> exactly the way you say it. Uh, and that doesn't work as well with live human beings. Uh, so uh, luckily, our experience on Cloudy was a really collaborative one. We had all these amazing filmmakers there with us. and. Uh, we tried to have as open an environment as possible for our animators um, to pitch new ideas and surprise us. And so it was a good preparation to be on the set with people like Rob and Jonah and Channing and um, you know, other great filmmakers that have uh, points of view that we wouldn't have thought of ourselves. And, and we really saw that as our role. You know, these guys are so talented. It was really just creating a platform for them to do great stuff. I agree with him. Good job. <laughs> just, just to let you know, some other projects that is it Chris or Christopher? I mean, uh, between for us, it's Chris. But Chris for the is fine. Man it's in the fine. street, it's okay. No. So for Chris and Phil are also um, were the creators of a TV show uh, which lasted, I think, a season, which was about <laughs> seven or eight years ahead of its time. So now is the time, and it's now like five years behind its right. time. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about Clone High, of course. I don't know if anybody here has heard of Clone High. Uh, was banned in a few countries, right? <laughs> but uh, Clone High is 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 awesome, and it's uh, the premise is um, uh, a high school again. I guess the recurring theme in your work there—that's nice. Uh, where uh, all the greats—we don't have a lot of tricks. <laughs> all the greats from history are in the same high school class. So you have Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy and Mahatma Gandhi and Cleopatra and Joan of Arc and right. many others, and they all date and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and it is amazing. It is amazing. And I, it's actually, I did not see what it, I only just heard about it about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, and I'm hearing other people talk about it. So it is something that I think, if you ever wanted to have a cult classic. That's what my dream. <laughs> It's honestly, <laughs> if I could just be like Ralph Bakshi or something, that would be fine. Well, Nobody um, knows who Ralph Bakshi I, is, which I, is what I'm talking about. I'm actually interviewing Ralph Bakshi next week. <laughs> oh, <great. laughs> Tell him I said that. He is an interesting dude. Well, anyway, Ralph Bakshi's great also. So, uh, there's, so you should check out Clone High, which is a lot of fun. Um, a question I have for you, Rob, is a show that you're involved in, which I love that I can't, it's the one with all the letters. And NTSF SDSUV, <laughs> National Terrorism Strike Force San Diego Sport Utility Vehicle. Really, <laughs> really funny show on comedy. Uh, it's on Adult Swim. I should use this. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it's on Adult Swim. And it did one season. Is it coming back? It's or? coming back. We're getting ready to. Matter of fact, right when I get back off this this little tour, we're we're gonna fire it up again. If you haven't seen this, it's got Kate Mulgrew, uh, Captain Janeway. 
It's got Martin Starr. Paul Shear from Human Giant. It's his idea. It's his baby. Yeah. He created it. Uh, and you play the, what's the your actual title is? Uh, I'm the president of the Navy. Yes, it is. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's and I, I live in a submarine <laughs> year round, except for one time of the year, I come back to San Diego for the big San Diego Day Parade. <laughs> And then I get back on my submarine to handle business. So that show is coming back. Yes. I found that show to be very entertaining. It's okay, going to cool. be fun this year. Uh, who else has a question? There we go. Uh, this question's for Rob. Uh, what advice would you have to uh, people trying to break into the comedy world uh, that are listening out there in podcast land? Uh, uh, well, there's a lot of ways to do it, I guess. Uh, the, ultimate, the ultimate way is perseverance. <laughs> That's it. At the end of the day, I stayed in the game a lot longer than a lot of my peers. That's the only reason I caught some breaks. Um, I would go study, if you're in New York City or Los Angeles, I would go study at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. They teach sketch, they teach improv, long form improv, they teach you how to write. Um, you'll be surrounded by a community of like-minded people who are trying to make it. You will, you will grow and learn from some of the best people in the country who are doing it. Um, and then, then you need to take some acting classes, and you need to study acting, um, and uh, uh, you need to stay at it. It takes a long time. If you think you're gonna do it in two or three years, you're kidding yourself. It takes seven to 10 years. What? I know, seven <laughs> to 10 years. Count on it, get it in your head now that that's how long it's gonna take, and work at it. Don't just go seven years going, oh, I'm kinda doing it. You gotta commit to it. And if you commit to it and work hard for about that amount of time, you'll start, you'll, you will start to see things happen. That's my best advice. Good luck. That's really good Did advice. You, that's really good advice. That's, that's amazing advice. Did you get a lot like, better between when you came to yeah, LA? It's, it's, like, it's like working out. When you first start, you're terrible. Then you see results you know, in, in a short amount of time. But then you plateau. And then you're like, this sucks. I'm not getting anywhere. I can't do it. You know, I, I just I keep making the same mistakes on stage. I keep screwing up. Ugh, screw this. I'm going to take the insurance job my Chad wants me to take. Um, no, you keep plugging away, and eventually you will get better, and you will get better, provided that you're applying yourself. You know, if you're listening. How, how to much of that is that? How much of that is due to like, the people you surround yourself with? Obviously, you have to bounce the ball off of. Yeah, no. Right. You, you need to, the, you need to the, find smart people and be friendly with them, basically. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, and you need to have social skills, you know? If you're a jerk and you're obnoxious <laughs> and you're not funny, you probably aren't going to make it in this business. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, but, you know, if you're, if you're a good person and you work hard, it's, this is a great country. Generally, th good things will happen for you. <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah, and, and you do, and, and that's why I suggest going to the UCB, because a lot of very talented people go there. Whatever, I'm not saying myself, I'm just saying a lot of very talented people go there. And they, they blossom and they grow out of there because they learn from really good teachers. My teacher, I was very lucky, my teachers were Amy Poehler, was one of my teachers. Um, that's not available anymore at the UCB. <laughs> She's moved on from teaching at the UCB, but when, when I started there, she was one of my teachers. Matt Walsh. Matt Besser, Ian Roberts, some of the best improvisers in the country were my teachers. And I learned from them. And then I taught there for a while. Um, it's, it's a great place to go. Um, did I answer? Did I? No, that was a good okay. answer. That was a very thorough answer. Uh, uh, who else has a question? Uh, this young gentleman here in the baseball hat has a question. Yeah, I have, I have a similar question, but for uh, Chris and Phil. Uh, 
What advice would you have for screenwriters looking to break into the industry? Uh, get super lucky right away. <laughs> <laughs> Work out at a gym for seven to ten years. <laughs> Work out really hard, get they big get muscles, ripped. and then get really lucky. <laughs> um, no, you know, the great thing about screenwriting is, unlike acting, um, you can um, make something on your own and show it to people, and if it's really good, um, eventually it, it will get noticed, and that's something great. And obviously, it takes a lot of practice, and it's sort of like cabinet making in a way that it's like it's a it's a a, a trade. Uh, you have to learn all the conventions and stuff. So obviously, read a lot of the books about about story structure and all that type of stuff, but. Um, and then throw all those books away. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, it, and you can't do it in a vacuum. As, as Rob says, you know, you need to be part of a community. And, and the folks I know that started out as struggling writers were showing each other and succeeded were showing each other their material. That I'm not, I'm not, it's not a euphemism for dirty things. Um, they, were sh they showed each other scripts and gave comments. And they learned through that that you, your first draft sucks and your second draft sucks, <laughs> and you, and so on for years until you really crack a story. Uh, Chris and I, on, 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 uh, on the last two movies we did, on our first day on the movie, we, we threw out our own draft of our script that we used to think was brilliant uh, because we realized that it wasn't working. And so it's not just you know putting in the effort to write those drafts, it's realizing when you know, that, that, that in order to make it better, you're going to have to tear it all down. Yeah, so I take to be bleak. <laughs> yeah. Kill your babies. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and all these cliches that you hear in show business, I know they're cliches, but they're there for a reason. They're good things. You know, they're there for a reason. Talent can't be denied. It can't be. It can be postponed. It can take a long time to get there, but it can't be denied. Eventually, it will get its shot. So keep plugging away. Keep writing, keep doing all the things you're supposed to do, and eventually, if you have any talent at all, someone's gonna see it. And it's, it's easy to be discouraged by other people's seeming overnight success. Um, you know, we, we, were, we did a pilot with these guys, The Lonely Island, that are now uh, pretty famous comedians, and you know, at the time, they were like, they couldn't afford tacos. <laughs> and, they, uh, and we worked with them after they had been making sketches together for something like five years. And they did that, um, that Lazy Sunday video on SNL, which exploded and made them superstars. But that was six years, two failed pilots, and zero tacos <laughs> in the making. <laughs> and so it seems like people like, just spring out of nowhere, but they don't. They've, you know, they've been working really hard, too. If I were to ask you off the top of your head uh, what your favorite comedies are, without thinking of it. Of movies? Movies or... Um, I would say any Billy Wilder movie. Um, um, Even the sad ones. The, yes, <laughs> especially the super sad ones. Um, Harold and Maude, Tootsie. Um, the Jerk. Oh, The Jerk. I, I go, I'm, I'm real simple. I'm like Caddyshack, Animal House, Stripes, Meatballs. A lot of 80s. <laughs> Noticing yeah. that? Noticing that? Yeah. Um, 
those are the ones that pop. And by meatballs, you mean cloudy with a chance of? Yeah, of course. That's apostrophe meatballs. That's exactly what I meant, guys. Yeah. Uh, thank you, sir. You guys have are working, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm very bad at my job. I don't really follow entertainment news too well, but you guys are working on a Lego movie. Is that true, or is that a... That is true. Can a you true tell rumor. me... A is, I, all what I know the is, heck are you thinking? Well, no, I mean, hey, it could be fantastic. <laughs> but uh, I mean, from the makers of Cloudy the Chance of Meatballs, I expect brilliant things. So get yeah, to it. Well, we, but what, we, what exactly is a Lego movie? So there are these, um, th these things called brick films that people do online in their basement, and they make them out of Lego bricks. And they're, they're really homemade. And we saw those, and we thought, what a cool thing to in our imaginations, give somebody like tens of millions of dollars <laughs> to do one of those. And, uh, and luckily, the Warner Brothers, uh, Bill and Steve Jack Warner, and you know? Steve, <laughs> they were excited about that. <laughs> and, uh, and so we've concocted this really insane action movie slash Matrix remake slash Lord of the Rings ripoff <laughs> slash but a comedy with but a comedy. little <laughs> yellow minifigures but out of Lego bricks in a world of a city built out of Lego bricks and oceans of so Legos. is it the whole thing is in Lego, Lego or the entire movie bricks. is made out of Lego wow yeah, <laughs> which I don't know how to make, by the way, and that was why we liked the idea. It was like I don't know how we're gonna do this, <laughs> and in three D probably, right? Or? Yeah, and well, awesome. yeah, a, yeah, a lot of computer technology is going to help us, wow. but the computer guys don't know how they're gonna do it either. <laughs> and you start shooting in like a week, or yeah, yeah. We're, in we're, we're in production now. <laughs> believe it or not. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, this young chap here has a question. Well, Phil and Chris, I heard you guys went to college together. So how did you meet and why did you start working together? And do you have any arguments on the set? <laughs> Zero. Uh, we met in an interesting way. Chris, do you want to tell this to a, a young child, an impressionable young child? Uh, well, I uh, lit Phil's girlfriend's hair on fire. And... Then we became good friends. <laughs> why, why did you do that? I was bored. <laughs> and she was playing Tetris. And she lived downstairs from me in the dorms. Uh, and I was playing a game called Let's See How Close We Can Get the Lighter to Heather's Hair Without Her Noticing. And I won the game. <laughs> Uh, and her hair, and I felt terrible about it. And so I was the guy who was like, "That seems like a good person to hitch my wagon to." <laughs> Let me get out of this having a girlfriend business and hang out with him. <laughs> um, and then we've been friends ever since. Uh, he convinced me to take an animation class, uh, and we did a bunch of student films, and then came out uh, to to Hollywood to make it in the picture business. Um, and uh, and do we argue on set? I would say all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and except that we don't want to argue in front of the kids, so a lot of it's just I silence. Say, I never saw you guys. It always seemed very. I was like, these guys are really in sync. We're 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 in good hands, guys. We're we, in good hands. I'm just we looking. Luckily, yes, Chris, we are, aren't we? Yes, we are. Mm -hmm. uh, no, we luckily have a very similar sensibility and, and idea of what's funny and the stuff that makes us laugh is the, is the same stuff. So we agree. 90% of the time, and the rest of the time, luckily you get to do multiple takes when you're making movies, so we can try it both ways. Yeah, one of the things you figure out is it takes uh, longer to argue about something than it does to do another take. 
Why do you think there aren't more teams of directors? Because directing is really freaking hard, and it makes people yeah. go crazy sometimes. Well, you're not really allowed to um, without a special exemption from the DGA. In order to do it, I mean, there's only a handful of them. I mean, most of them are brothers. brothers. Yeah, yeah. I was um, or siblings, uh, or married. Um, or we're going to adopt one another <laughs> and become a father-son <laughs> directing team. <laughs> Um, but I was going to go with you can only direct yes. together in certain states, but, but your the, joke works the, too. I like the, dire- the, yes, the Directors Guild uh, uh, of America rightly believes that um, you know uh, there's one captain of the ship, and you obviously don't have. It has two to be a singular on. vision. I'm going do it sad, and it feels like maybe a little more energy, and then we'd be like the actor doesn't know what to say, or or the DP. We doesn't still know what to do put the that camera. sometimes, by the way. <laughs> So um, did you have to go before a council? So we, it was council, like, a like the Jedi Council yeah, of Super like, Directors. Yeah, it, was a, it was like a Senate <laughs> hearing from Star Trek or something, and and we had to go and and put, plead a case and, and put lots of affidavits from from actors we've worked with that say that we work together seamlessly and it's like we share one brain and all this stuff and 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 then like Taylor Hackford is there. Uh, and all these like Oscar-winning directors and <laughs> Emmy-winning directors, and they're super serious. And uh, and we were like, you know, telling jokes and stuff. Yes. And, and then say, Taylor like, Hackford, who's a, a great person and who's really supportive of us, was like, guys, I know you're really cute and funny, but we take this really seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and he is this close to me, and I'm like, yes, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's really nuts. Um, so uh, obviously, it would have been. It, w- it would be interesting if we actually split our duties, but we do everything together. Cool. Well, you know what? I think that's about... We're out of time. they got to kick us out. they got to sweep up. So um, <laughs> thanks very much for coming. This will be, if your friends couldn't make it, available on iTunes in two days. Check back. Another event is here. Like every other day is an event here. You'll right, be- regularly. There's regular yeah. events. Come by. Check the schedule. But thank them. And most importantly... 21 Jump Street is opening March 16th. Two, less than two weeks from now, guys. It's really funny, and you definitely want to see it opening night. It's a lot of fun. So thanks again to Rob Riggle. Thank you. Chris Thank Miller. You. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Thank you.